Amen. We are part of that process. That's all we need to give God thanks for. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's Amen. agree with that today. Amen. We're part of that. Come on. Let's thank our worship team today. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Come on, let's do better than that. Let's thank them. And if it's possible, could we put some house lights on? I'd like to see a few more people who I can see in the balcony. That'd be great if we can do that. Can we, can we put some... Ah, cool. As long as I can see this smoke. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Can't breathe. That's better. Is your lights on yet? Can we see a few, few more lights in, in there? That's better. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Everybody okay? Give us a wave. Well, we start on our new uh, um, campaign. I think it's called, Linda keeps reminding me, uh, from today, we're going to talk about um, the faithfulness of God. So we're going to look at many passages through the Bible and just help us to know that God is faithful. Uh, next week, we have our um, general superintendent, Chris Cartwright. He'll be speaking here with us. And so please make sure you're here. It'll be a great, great service. Just a little update before we look at our subject today uh, on Ukraine. So Elam Missions um, are working with Samaritan's Person. And on the 4th of March, the update was that they made an appeal for Elam churches to, to give financially to the work through Elam Missions, partnering with Samaritan's Person. It says, following your generosity during the first few days of this appeal, we're able to send an initial £10,000 to Samaritan's Purse. But since then, this is from the fourth, this is the update from the fourth, since then we have been overwhelmed by the generosity and we have now received 51500 which um, is now being distrib distributed to to, to uh, our partner Samaritan's Purse, they're actually taking planes across and, and doctors, nurses setting up hospitals, uh, camps there where they can treat people on a daily basis. So it's an amazing work. Every penny that we give, and we sent our gift last week from our church to Elam Missions, and so we're going to continue to see what we can do to support what God is doing. Please keep in prayer. I know the government now is going to be talking about how um, families can take in to their homes, the refugees from Ukraine. So let's just keep praying and asking God for wisdom as we um, just help this crisis in our uh, world. Amen. So keep praying, keep seeking God and asking God for his grace, his mercy over uh, that country, for God's grace to move by his spirit. I want to talk to you today um, on a familiar book that you may have been, if you're used to church, if you're not, um, no worries if you're at home, welcome here too. I want to talk to you about uh, a man called Jonah. Many of you may have had this in Sunday school or kids' church, but Jonah is a real person. He was a prophet in the Old Testament, and it gives us, he writes this book after his experience of running away from God's will and then finding God's faithfulness to get back on track. And uh, Jonah was a bit grumpy following God's will. I want to say to us that um, I tried to get away from speaking on Jonah, but somehow I, I kept coming back that I probably need to speak on this today. So I want to say that all of us, if we're following Jesus, sometime in our life, all right, are Jonas, okay? We might not be running away from the exact purpose of God, 
but we may be running away from initial things that God's spoken to us in our lives that we are actually walking in disobedience to. So there can be a lot of things that God will speak to us about, some things that we need to, to walk in obedience to, but there are all of us at some time have actually, when we've read God's word or we've listened to a message, we've actually said no to what God's asking us to do and ran in the opposite direction. So I'm not just going to blame Jonah today, but all of us somewhere in our walk with God have been Jonah's. And I want to say to you today, there are maybe one person in this room or one person at home that actually is running away from God's will in their lives today. And, or maybe some of you are thinking about turning away and going in your own direction. Well, hopefully, my message today can encourage you to get back on track. And um, I know Jonah um, would have sang that song that we sang earlier. Um, you, you can imagine the song that he was singing um, about, uh, this is my testimony from death to life. He would have probably sang that song. For grace rewrote my story. I am not dead, um, and so you're not done. You know, Jonah wanted to die in following God's purpose for his life, but somehow God turned it around, and I'm sure in the belly of a large fish that maybe Jonah would have sung something like uh, of the gratefulness of God for saving his life. Um, you know, when we are, we're taught in Scripture that we are to preach God's Word and to be prepared in season and out of season, uh, and we need to correct, rebuke, and encourage. So sermons are not all about just encouraging you. There are times when we need a little um, tap on the shoulder to get back on track in the things of God. And obviously, it's how we do that that's really important. But Jonah was asked to preach a message of repentance to a city to turn from their sins where God was going to judge it. So this message that Jonah had to bring was a strong message uh, but actually, Jonah didn't want to preach this message to this city. And so we'll talk about that in a minute. But let me read to you from the book of Jonah. Um, we've got some scriptures on the back, but I'm not, they're not all on there. But I want you to read your Bible when you go on this week. Read the book of Jonah. It's only um, four chapters. Um, and it's really, really an interesting read as you keep reading it and seeing different things of how we can see the faithfulness of God but also the stubbornness of man. We can be really stubborn at times, but yet God is so gracious to our lives. So here we go. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he said, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness have come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port, after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. And so the story continues to go that, that Jonah goes below deck, and while this great storm is happening, he, falls, he, he thinks it's a right time in his life to have a nap. So he's sleeping below deck. These pagan sailors are in a storm because of Jonah's disobedience. And there they try to get Jonah's attention, asking what he's up to. And he tells them that he's running away from God. And that's why the storm has hit their lives. And so they end up praying to God to know what to do because they didn't want to kill Jonah because of fear of the Lord. 
Isn't it interesting, isn't it? Pagan people were fearing God more than Jonah, who knew God. And so they eventually throw him overboard, and Jonah says, you know, the best thing for you to do is throw me overboard and kill me, because I don't want to live in God's will. But yet God then brings a large fish, swallows him up, and in that three days where, Mo, uh, where, where Jonah uh, reconsiders his life, begins to repent, and then the God commands the fish, spits Jonah out on dry land, and there Jonah reluctantly goes and preaches against Nineveh, and God's grace saves a whole city. So it's a great story to read, but I want to say to us today, there is some lessons to learn from this book. It's really important that as followers of Jesus, as we've heard today from our worship team, that God hasn't finished with his plan. And it's interesting that Jonah was a prophet and he could hear from God because it says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. So he, was, he, he could hear God. And, and many of us sitting in church right now, as he speaks through his word, we can hear God. So there's no excuse to us today in our lives that we have the word of God, the Bible. We can read it and we can hear God speaking through the pages by the Holy Spirit. We can speak, but yet God still uses people to speak to nations and to other people to bring them back to him. So God speaks to Jonah and God says, I want you now to speak to a city. God hasn't changed his plan. We are co-workers with him. And God will do the same to his church that God expects us to be his hands and his feet. That's why we call the body of Christ. So we can continue God's mission to our communities and to the world. And so when you read this story, we can see why Jonah was reluctant in actually wanting to do what God asked him to do. Because Nineveh at that time was the capital of Assyria. And they were really bad people, a really bad nation. They were bloodthirsty. They were just vicious in treating the people of God. And there was really, really evil. If you want to read more information about the history, read the book of Nahum, because that will tell you about uh, directly to Nineveh. So you can see the background on the evil of these people. So, so Jonah's thinking to himself, because he somehow realizes about the nature of God, that if he goes and preaches this message, that God could actually forgive them and give them a brand new start and not judge them. So Jonah was so, so um, upset with God uh, that he asked him to go and preach to them because of the nature of God. And so he says, there is no way that I'm going to go and preach to that community. And he runs. He runs away from God's purpose in his life. We can see that Nineveh is a modern day Iraq today, but yet Jonah goes to Spain. Isn't it interesting that he goes in the opposite direction of the will of God for his life? And the reason is he didn't agree with God's request. You know, disobedience is that when we actually decide that we know better than God. And then in his word tells us what we need to do. And then we make all the excuses in the world why we should not obey the word. And we'll give God a big list of why we shouldn't do what he's asking us to do. And Jonah, rightly so, could have pointed out how evil these people were. And they didn't deserve the grace of God and the mercy of God. And, and why would he go and give them an opportunity to preach? Because God should judge this nation and not even give them a chance. And so there, there Jonah forms an argument in his mind and justifies himself of running away and being disobedient to God's word. But I, I want to have some observation as you read this story. We can observe some things in Jonah's 
um, life, which I also believe will affect our lives when we make a conscious decision to disobey God's word in our lives. So the first thing that we can observe in this story is that when Jonah decided to be disobedient, not only was his own life messed up, but also it had the ability to mess the people's lives around him up too. So he comes on board of a ship. These sailors were, were not involved in his religion. They were doing a great job. They were happy-go-lucky men. And then Jonah rocks up being disobedient to God and the storm came and also trouble came to their lives because of Jonah's disobedience. When we are disobedient, it's not only your life that will be affected. It will be those around you and those that you live with also that you will cause problems for because of your wrong choices in your life. Many of you will know in your experience of life that if you have family members that have made choices which are not great, affects you too. Your children, when they, when they grow up and they make choices and things happen to them, you are involved in their life, but their choices that they made not only affect them, but it also affects you. And so I want to say to you today, if you are making decisions to disobey God's word in your life and what he's saying to you, things that you know biblically in your life, I want to tell you something, that you are going to be in for a rough ride because the wages of sin is death. Every time we decide to live according to our own plans and disobey what God says to us, there always is consequences in our lives and we blame the devil, but it's our choice that we make and then those around us also get affected. So I want to say to you, please think carefully. Sometimes the decisions that you make, because it will have an effect, a ripple effect, to those people in and around your life. So I want to say that's reality of the, our choices that we make. Second thing that we can observe in here is that Jonah became insensitive to the needs of other people. How can this prophet, who hears from God, who has been used by God before in his life to prophesy to nations, now go to sleep when a storm is hitting somebody's life? Because when you walk in disobedience, you automatically come insensitive to the needs of other people because you're so wrapped up in, in your own life. And so Jonah could sleep while the ship was going to be smashed up. And so they even woke him up and said, what? how can you sleep? You know, we're pagans, you know this living God. How can you sleep and not even care about our lives and what trouble you have brought upon us? Interesting, isn't it, that when sin can get a grip of us, and how can we know that when we get so self-absorbed in our own interests and the issues around us we are not even sensitive to? In fact, we can go asleep when there's a war kicking off and not even be bothered about the lives that's being devastated right now, near enough on our doorstep, because we're so consumed with our own comfort. You know, we, we have to, they said to him, wake up. And I wonder if God is speaking to the church and saying, we have to wake up, because if COVID's not enough to wake you up, then there's a war, try that. And, we, you know, we're not just about coming to church and singing a few songs and hearing a good message. We are the body of Christ and we have to be the light of the world and the answer to our problems. But Jonah was so insensitive. 
And instead of Jonah being the answer, he became the problem. And I hope that we as a church and the church in general do not become the problem to our crisis, but at least be a part of the answer. Come on, say amen with me. Because I'm hopefully going to get you so uncomfortable today that you think about your life and thinking, is my life here to serve God and obey Him because He saved you for a purpose, not just for your own blessing, but so you can be a blessing. Because the story of Jonah, God is trying to say, Jonah, I'm not bothered about your comfort. I'm bothered about a community and a nation. That my heart is wanting people to come to know me and all you're bothered about is your own ideas and your own comfort. And we are here as born again believers left on this planet to follow Jesus 100% to see people come to know him. That's bottom line. And I want to say to you here, if you're in this church today, I'm appealing you, get involved in the kingdom. Don't just come be a spectator. Now we, we give guests opportunity to spectate until you become that this is your church, but we're a church on a mission. We are not on a cruise ship. We are on a battleship. And the, the world is trying to get the attention that G, they need Jesus more than ever. And we've only got that message. And so I hopefully today can get you so uncomfortable to review your life, to ask yourself some questions that are you totally committed to the will and purpose of God for your life? Not for your own business, even though that's cool. Not for your own prosperity, even that's okay, but your purpose in your life is, Lord, I'm here to do your will, not my will. And I'm afraid that the Western church is asleep to the call of God and we're so concerned about our prosperity and our healing and our blessing when all that has to go through us to touch a nation and the world that's in pain without God. So Jonah was asleep in a crisis and the heathen had to not only wake him up but also pray to the God they didn't even know. God help us. God help us. See, not only Jonah came insensitive to other people, Jonah also lost his purpose and his calling. How do I know that? He's a prophet with a mandate to preach to the nations and now he wants to die because he runs away from God. See, when you run away from God, you may think it's the easy option, but you lose purpose, you lose passion, you lose calling, you lose what God's left you here for and saved you for because every one of us has a deposit of God's purpose in our life wherever that is and wherever you are for his purpose. And our, our goal in life is to say, Lord, whatever it is that you want me to do, whatever part in the body you want me to play and in this world, I'm here and available. And that's for me, I'm gonna serve the Lord. And that is why I believe what God is saying to us in these days. What's he gonna take to rock the church and wake the church up 
in the West? Is he going to take a war? Is he going to take whatever it is to get our attention? But you see, Jonah lost his purpose because he somehow didn't agree with God's nature and purpose. But the bottom line, the real issue with Jonah was that he was angry with God. Because he tells us in in chapter 4, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. And God who relents from sending calamity, now the Lord take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah was angry with God because he was going to forgive this heathen city. Wow. Do you know that we can become angry with God? You can get angry with God when God blesses somebody else in your world that they don't deserve it, and but you do when you seem not to get in the blessing they've got. And you say, God, how can you bless them? Because you know I'm more spiritual than them. And you take offence. Or something happens in your life and it doesn't go according to your plans. And so you're angry with God because of him allowing things to disturb your life or troubles to hit you or storms to hit your life. And then we have a right to be angry with God. Why he would allow that to happen to us. And we can get angry with God. And just like Jonah, throw our toys out of the pram and go on the run away from his will and his purpose. But I want to encourage you today in your lives that God is so gracious and so merciful, and so faithful, that I think if I was God, I'd have said to Jonah, jump then. There's a million people behind you who want to be a prophet. I want, I'm not even going to speak to you anymore. Go on then, Jonah. Off you go. Let the sharks get you. But in this story, it talks more about God than Jonah, because of the nature and the character of God. Wouldn't you think that the God who created everything the God, the God who knows more than we know, his thoughts are not our thoughts, neither are his ways are our ways. The heavens are higher than the, on the earth, and so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Wouldn't you think that God would have enough with Jonah and said, okay, Jonah, I'm fed up with your anger, your mildness, and keep running, off you go, I'm going to let you go. But God's faithfulness went after him. And I want to say to you today, if you are running from God today, I want to tell you, you will not go very far. If you think you can run from God, you are mistaken because God is faithful. God loves you too much to allow you to keep running away from his will. And you think to yourself, well, now I've decided I am not going to do what God asked me to do. You are kidding yourself. You are running from Almighty God that will get your attention sooner or later. And so what he did was, he said, okay, Jonah, I'm going to send you a storm. Please, 
Do not wait for God to send you a storm to get your attention. Because it will come. Because God loves you too much to let you keep running away from Him. So He sent Him a storm and He'll get heathen people to wake you up and say, I thought you were a Christian. You preached to me two months ago and now you're not going to church. What's all that about? He will get your attention. And so Jonah says, well, God, you can send a storm, but I'm still going to die. And he said to the sailors, it's okay, throw me overboard. I'd rather die. And so they prayed to God and said, please don't hold us accountable for throwing this man overboard. And they threw him over. And as soon as they threw him overboard, the storm stopped. Wow. Wow. Disobedience. As soon as they got rid of the disobedient Christian, their lives got easier. (laughs) But here's what Jonah wasn't clear about. That God already had a conversation with a big fish a long time before Jonah decided to jump. He got him an economy ticket back to the will of God without Jonah's permission. And so Jonah jumps overboard and the first thing that greets him is God's provision in the mouth of a big fish. Here's the thing. How did the fish know which way to go? Because when the fish spat him out, he actually landed right in the will of God at the right time, at the right place to preach the gospel. Isn't God an an awesome God? Now, I know some of you are planning to jump ship. But I want to tell you it was messy in the belly of a whale or a big fish. I want to say to you today, you think you can run, but you can't hide. You know, the psalmist tells us, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go and flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you'll be there. If I make my bed in the depth, you are there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You know something? We can wrestle with God, but God has got us covered whether we like it or not. And you think, you know, I'm I'm going to resist God, but He will somehow get you to know where you need to be so you will eventually... Listen to your heavenly Father because He loves you. And not now you become His child, He's responsible for you and He will discipline those He loves. You're not going to get away with it. So why don't you resist now because some of you are resisting God more than you resist the devil. That's a word from somebody in here today. The Bible says resist the devil, but we end up resisting God. And that's what Jonah did. The devil had nothing to do with it. And until you submit to God, the enemy can have rule and reign over your life. Because it's only when you submit to God, you can resist the devil. 
and he will flee from you. So you want authority? You want power? Submission and obedience to God gives you authority in the kingdom. So I have three questions and three responses to finish this morning. Number one, online, in the room, who is running from God? But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Spain. What's the response? Turn towards God. The biblical version means repent. It's a good old-fashioned word. It just means to turn in the opposite direction from the way you're living your life your way to God's plan and go his way. So Jonah, you've got to turn from going to Spain and turn round and go to Nineveh. Even with God's help and God's transport, he got there and God commissioned him to do his will. See, repentance means you change your mind so deeply that it changes you. Wow. The proof of repentance is what happens after you repent. The proof is that you say no to your way and yes to his. That's the only proof of repentance that you've changed, that you've done a U-turn you're not going to live what you want and you say yes to what God wants and you live out and put it into practice. Now that is repentance. Acts 3 says, repent then and turn to God so your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. There has to be a turn before refreshing comes. There has to be a submission and an obedience to his will in our lives. That we surrender, that he is God and we are not. So you can't really worship God unless you obey God. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Action is needed for worship. A life obedient to the known will of God at our time and to his word. Number one, who's running from God? Response, repent. (laughs) I'm doing a Jonah. Why? So God can bless you. So God can refresh you. So God can give you passion again for his purpose. So God can help other people in your world with a message that will help them to receive eternal life. Number two, who has messed up and would like another chance? Jonah 3, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Do you know how faithful our God is? That every time you mess up, God will always give you a way out and another chance. Come on. That's got to be worth applauding his faithfulness. Grace always runs downhill. 
And John Maxwell says, it met me when I was at the bottom, not at the top. Some of you need a second chance in this room and online. Well, the good news is that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive you and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, the one who called you is faithful and he will do it. And so God commands the fish to spit him out and the word of the Lord came to John the second time. Wow. The God of grace, the God who is so faithful will always give us a brand new start even though we've messed up in the past. Come on, what an amazing God that we serve today. If you're online today and think, you know, I've missed it. No, no, God can get you back on track where you need to be at the right time, at the right place to the right people. God is an awesome God. And finally, thirdly, if you're in this place or online today and you think I've done so wrong in my life that God could never forgive me, that's not true. Because all you have to do is just like this Nineveh city is believe God. Believe and accept God's word for your life. When God saw what they did and how they had turned from the evil ways, God relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. So when Jesus Christ died on the cross and his wrath was shed on his son for our sin, now God can bring forgiveness to those who call upon his name and believe in him. So Jonah began by going on a day's journey into the city proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. He wasn't enthusiastic about his message. But this is what verse 5 says. The Ninevites believed God. Wow, what a God that we serve. And as we come to close our final scripture from the Apostle Paul says this. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour, glory forever and ever. Amen. I say to them, no matter who you are and where you come from, if you will put your trust in Jesus, he will forgive you, he will cleanse you and give you a brand new start. This city that was so evil, so wretched, deserved God's wrath, because they listened to the word and they believed God and they turned from their sin, God filled them with grace and mercy and removed his wrath from their lives. And that's what happens to anyone who will put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Let's stand together as we close in prayer right now. So, if you're running from God, stop. Stop, 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 stop. Stop running. Stop disobeying. 
and say, God, help me to turn and do what you've asked me to do. Some of you know the thing, the choices you're making is, is not what God's asked you to do in the Word or in your spirit. You know it, you know it. You don't have to be told about it. You know it. Well, I'm asking you, will you please turn and, and do what God asks you to do and see what God will bring into your life. Number two, you're here today and you want a second chance. Online, listen, it can happen to you. If it happens to Jonah, it can happen to you. Just say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Sorry for, for messing up. I ask you to give me a brand new start. And you put your feet on dry ground. And those in here and online that, that maybe not doesn't know God or maybe thinks that God could never forgive them for what they've done in their past. I want to tell you, if you can do it for Nineveh, you can do it for you. Because of Jesus and his love for you on the cross. That's you. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I ask you from this moment to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Let me have a new start. Father, I pray for everyone in this place, those online, that Holy Spirit of God, that you will do what only you can do in our lives today. And that we will be a church and a people that will align our lives to your will and say today, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Help us to be effective, Lord, in this hour. Help us to be awake in this hour. Help us to reach as many people as we can in this hour. We ask you, Lord, to help us. Bless your people in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, let's worship Him.